a happy, say it with me, a happy or an unhappy marriage is always based on the, the attitude of the couple. Always. Pastor, I don't agree with you. A lot of things you don't agree with me with, but I ain't no problem. But that's the truth. It is reported. Stay with me. I tell you I'm going to be different this morning, but you're going to understand. You're going to get it. At the end of it, you're going to say Pastor's right. It is reported that 45 to 50% of the first time marriage ends up in divorce. So one out of every two people that get married ends up in divorce. Along the same line, it is reported that 60 to 70% of second time marriages end up in divorce. So we are climbing. One out of every two, two out of every three. Likewise, 70 to 73 percent of third time marriages end up in divorce. Statistics report that 32 percent of those who are married are married and miserable. Looking at all of this, today you, would, you will have to consider carefully the words of the Apostle Paul when he wrote in 1 Corinthians, the seventh chapter, and I read for you verse 24, 32, and 38. Brethren, let every man, wherein he is called, therein abide with God. Let me read it again. Brethren, let every man, wherein he is called, therein abide with God. There's a pressure that's going around today that if you are not married, something wrong with you. They are the words that are going around today saying, God, what's wrong with you? You can't find a man? And some people seem to think that after salvation, the next thing is to find a man and get married. I find a woman and get married because if you don't find a man and get married, or you don't find a woman and get married, you ain't going to heaven. But remember what the Bible says. Let every man, wherein he is called, watch, therein abide. Let me give you the good news. God could have never intended for every man, every woman to get married. 
How could God intend for every woman to get married and it's almost three women to one man? You mean God, God don't know no mess? Statistics report that is almost three women to one man. One for three? He could not ever design for every woman to be married. Verse 32 says, but I would have you without carefulness that he that is unmarried hear it for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. What the Bible say? The Bible says the unmarried Christian man that accepts who he is our woman, you're correct, care for the things of God. So don't pressure nobody if you notice that they're not married. You want them to be married and miserable like you? In verse 38. So then he that giveth her in marriage... Do it well. But he that giveth her not in marriage, who's the better one? Who's the better one? Could it be true that there are children of God who are married and miserable? Could it be true? If that is true, then it is also true that believers, married believers, come to church very miserable. Hello? I know I'm going to get in trouble. Pastor White told you when he was praying, a sick young kill me now. <laughs> but the reason why we sometimes don't see the misery is because there is a religious mask. Hello? There is what we call a religious mask. Isn't it true that many travel to church together, school before leaving the house, get in the vehicle schooling? Since you don't understand school, Crawl all the way from home to the parking lot. When they get to the parking lot, they see the ushers outside, and all of a sudden, 
they put on that religious mask, and the truth of the matter is, they are not even fooling themselves. And in the eyes of the public, <laughs> everything seems to be all right. They come in church. They sing the songs of faith. They even now and again say, Amen, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The preacher preaching. If the point touches someone else, preach it, preacher. But if he ever says anything in regards to you, you can hear a pin drop. Isn't it true that when they come to church, just to remind the other person that what went on in the car ain't finished, isn't it true that they take their bag? And put between you and him. Isn't it true? Isn't it true? Isn't it true that now and again you touch it? Don't touch me. True. Yeah, man. We are told that four out of every five men regret that they have ever been married. Only God knows how many women regret that. Why? Why, Pastor? Why, 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 why is it that people are married? Why is it that people are pretending that they're so happy? Why is it that deep down in their hearts, they have regretted or regretting that they are married? Why, Pastor? I believe it is fair to say love is missing in the relationship. But not that love is mainly missing in that relationship. There's a love that is missing in a relationship that has caused the love for that relationship to be missing. I've said a million times already, and let me say it a million and one. This makes no sense unless you love God. Makes no sense. Unless you're willing to follow God, unless you believe this, unless you're willing to do what this says, it makes no sense to those who are not willing to do what it says. I believe when a man loves, when his love for God is what it ought to be, love for others will be in place. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 31, the Bible says, whether therefore we eat or drink or whatsoever we do, do all to the glory of God. Sometimes we need to stop and ask ourselves, will God get glory from this? Too often we hear others speak about Violence in the district. 
violence in the streets, violence in the countries, violence in our society, and violence in the world. But not very often we hear of the domestic violence in the homes. Unless you work with the Ministry of Social Services, I guess you would hear it there. But let me be honest with you. There is a lot of it that's going on today. You ask, what is domestic violence? Domestic violence is a willful intimidation, physical assault, battery, sexual assault, or any other abusive behavior perpetuated by an intimate partner against another. It is an epidemic affecting individuals in every community regardless of race, age, status, religion, nationality, or educational background. Violence against women is often accompanied by emotionally abuse and controlling behavior. It is part of a system pattern of dominance and control. Domestic violence results in physical injury, psychological trauma, and sometimes death. Domestic violence is all about power and control. Those who usually are involved in domestic violence are very good actors in church. Many in churches are hurting and quiet. They don't know who to speak with. Many are afraid to even see what's happening. Many are ashamed for others to know what's happening. Today I want to say to you, if you are a victim of domestic violence, you may keep quiet, but God speaks out loudly. What are some of the abuse involved in domestic violence? Permit me to park here for a little while. Number one, physical abuse. I remember when I was growing up, but you would hear the neighbors just Carrying on, scolding, and every now and again, yeah, plop, don't do that, blow a sharing. Matter of fact, 
In them days, it used to be the, the man beating the woman. These days, things have changed somewhat. And the men are so smart, trying to be man in the house. It is said that one guy, when his wife was beating him, and he had a friend on the outside listening, every time that she would hit him a lash, he would say, take that! <laughs> That's to prove that he is the man in the house, and she'll hit him, what now, take that! You laugh, but it's serious. <laughs> I know that was those days. It doesn't happen today, right? Nobody get licks today no more. But God, why would you give me this if nobody don't get licks? <laughs> In the book of Proverbs, chapter 6, verse 16 and 17. The Bible says six things that the Lord hate. Yes, seven are an abomination unto him. Verse 17 says, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands. Hello, are you with me? Hands that shed innocent blood. In other words, in, in some homes today, there are those who take their hands. And they believe so much that you are not supposed to correct your children with a belt or with your hand or anything like that. But they believe to correct the wife or to correct the husband. It's okay for them to take their hand. We're going to come to a slap in a while. You'll be surprised to know of Christian men who take belts. Taking the hand. Watch, watch. And beating up on a spouse was wrong, is wrong, and will always be wrong. If you feel like slapping somebody, don't bother with them both slap yourself. Go in a mirror and watch the person that you see in that mirror and hit that person that you see in that mirror all the slaps that you want to get. And then you'll understand how the other person feels when you hit them with the hand. Sometimes because others are there and they don't want people to see them hitting them with their hand, I'm speaking about physical abuse, they would ring them. They would pinch them. Hello? Uh, the pastor say, don't hit you. So it's okay to. Sometimes when, you get, when they get so angry, they just grab her or grab him wherever they catch him or her. And after grabbing him or her, they take him or her and they shovel. Sometimes she's lucky to fall on the bed. Other times she's lucky if she'll fall in a chair. Other times she's not that lucky because she goes sprawling all over the house. But Sunday morning, she must come to church. Oh, 
How I love Jesus. You better don't say nothing. And then if she says anything that he dislikes, or if he says anything that she dislikes, up with her hand. Put up one club across the face. Some get so angry that when they fire for the spouse, they would grab the hair past the wife. I'm told of a husband who held on to a plait of a lady's hair and pulled the plait out. <laughs> Sometimes they get so angry you believe it's a dog. <laughs> and they bite you to pieces. Somebody said, bite him back. Said, I mean, we got two dogs. <laughs> Sometimes it comes in the form that whatever they get in their hand, they just let it go. You better be quick to duck. We are named by the name of Christ. If it happens in the kitchen and hot water is in the cup. Watch out. It's coming. If it happens around the ironing board and, and I'm ironing, watch out. And then some folks get upset. Lord, you're killing me. Let me go. And then when all of that happened, with all the marks and the bruises and all the things that going on, the person has need now to go to the doctor, and that is denied. Because the doctor would ask questions about these marks. Right in the home. It happens where one forces the other to do what one refuses to do. Let's say in the case of the man, he loves to drink. The woman doesn't love to drink, and all of a sudden, drink it. And you know I can go on and on and talk to you about physical abuse. And there are people that we work with. There are people that we sit with in church. There are people that we, we see every day going through these things in their lives. And oh, how sad, how sad it is. You may never know, unless you've been there, unless someone takes the time and tell you about it. Oh, how sad it is. The children are upstairs? They are? Good. So we have physical abuse, and the children are upstairs. What else we have? Sexual abuse. What is sexual abuse, Pastor?
It is the infliction of sexual contact upon a person by forcible compulsion. May I say it again? It is the infliction of sexual contact upon a person by forcible compulsion. Sexual abuse includes abuse of a woman, man or child, by a man, woman or child. You didn't get that. Let me say it again. Sexual abuse includes the abuse of a woman, man or child, by a man, woman or child. Sexual abuse refers to molestation. This happens when someone is not capable of giving consent. This many times happened by those close to the victim. Hello? Not by strangers from the outside but by those who are close to the victim. And because those are close to the victim, sometimes the victim goes through so much trauma, so much pain, so much suffering, because now, if this is known, then everybody will know it. It's wrong. Sexual abuse is sexual contact without consent. Anybody in the house? Am I here by myself? Sounds so. <laughs> Somebody said there's nothing called marital rape. Wrong. Hello? Wrong. Sexual abuse is forced sex after physical abuse. In other words, that is used now in the relationship to lash you for the wrong you did. Sex out of spite, getting back at the person. We must be reminded that these things are wrong and must not be practiced, especially by the children of God. Hello? Anybody home? Stay home. In the book of Judges, the 19th chapter and the 25th verse, here's what the Bible says. But the men, not the man, pay attention to that, speaking of more than one, would not hearken to him. Watch this. So the man took his concubine and brought her forth unto them. Men, them. And they, men, them, they, they knew her, her, Singular. And abused her. 
Who? The men. Abuse who? Her. Who's the her? One person. How long? All night. When I read this, I, I want to be honest with you, my heart is broken. And this is recorded in the word of God. They abused her. They abused her all night until morning. What a set of godless men. And when the day began to spring, they let her go. I could only imagine how she felt when morning came forth after thinking of all that was done to her throughout the night. And they're gone and she's there with her shame. Does it still happen? Yes, it does. Paul writes to the Corinthian believers in chapter 13, verse 3 and verse number 4. He says, charity suffereth long, is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity wanted not itself. It's not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, he says, whether, there, whether therefore we eat or drink, or whatsoever we do, do it all to the glory of God. In our relationships, even in our, our lives at home, they must bring glory to God. You think that bad? Let me touch another one. Verbal abuse. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Deacon Nelson get Brother Darius and some strong men to escort me through the door as soon as I finish. <laughs> because today would be a day that I ain't 100%. All right, buddy, you going to join too? It's Sister Verona say, she will be there. <laughs> what am I trying to say? Everybody quiet, so I got to be getting in trouble. What is verbal abuse? It's time for us to sing, hallelujah, praise the Lord. It is other times for us to stop and pay attention to the things that's destroying us. What is verbal abuse? Pastor, I think that you talk about sexual abuse. I'm not involved in that, so. Okay, let's go. I ain't finished yet. What it is, it is the act of fiercely criticizing, insulting, or denouncing another person. Let me say it again. It is the act of fiercely criticizing, insulting, or denouncing another person. It is characterized by underlining anger and hostility. It is a destructive form of communication, intent to harm the self-confidence of the other person and produce negative emotions. It is the repeated and excessive use of language, of language sorry, to humiliate somebody. What is it? 
It is used as a controlling factor to have power over someone. When it is done, it makes the person feel more powerful by putting down their partner. So if I could put you down with words, then I have built myself up. Verbal abuse, what is it? It is belittling. That is to say, mean things to another person. Making them feel less important than themselves. It is to be criticizing. Always finding fault and could see no good. Putting always flaws or pointing always to our flaws. What is verbal abuse? It is name calling such as stupid. Anybody ever heard that at home? Don't put up your hand, you may get licks. <laughs> such as foolish. Such as dumb, and the list goes on. Verbal abuse. It is that screaming, raising one's voice to have the other person quiet. What is it? It is threatening. I'll do this or stop doing that. If you don't do as I say. If you want me to put food on this table, you better do as I say. For if you do not do as I say, there will be no money to put food on the table. What is it? It is excessive blaming. Everything went wrong or could go wrong was caused by you. Hello. Now stop in a while. Stop in a while. What is it? It is putting down in front of others. What is it? It is comparing with someone else. You can't see how she does that. You can't see how she looks. You know why she looks up? Don't let me tell you. The reason why she looks so is because of who she has, somebody just said, taking care of her. You want to prove something? Let who you taking care of go over there and let who taking care of over here come over here and you'll see what happens. Pretty soon you'll wonder, Oh, wait, something wrong with this house. But look how nice she's looking over there now, and look at you. Yep, that's the way it is. Grass always looks green on the next side. All depends on how people take care of their garden. Comparing others. You look just like an old woman. Who got her looking like an old woman? She didn't look like a old woman when you found her. 
Watch him. You can't take care of yourself. You're always, but you think of yourself all the time. This kind of abuse caused many to lose their sense of confidence and self-worth. It causes the victim to be afraid. Many see themselves as useless in the relationship and live a miserable life in the marriage. And because of that, many desire to be out. Married and miserable. Married and miserable. Boy, I got a host of scriptures here that I want to give you. But permit me to give them to you next week. And let me give you one more, and then let me close. Do you know that there is an abuse that is called spiritual abuse? You never heard of it, Andrew? Spiritual abuse. Sad to say, many abuse their spouse and seems to use to get their way. Hello? Let me give you one. Wives, submit yourself. <laughs> submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. I've always said, I believe it, and I continue to say it. When a police officer is walking within the law, then he has the law behind him. You must respect him. So long as he's walking within the law, I can tell you something, you know, police officers, some of them, they know when they're out of place. Let's say, oh, um, Pastor White, $50. Pastor White goes to the police with me and say, I owe him $50. The police come to me, I come to make sure that you pay Pastor No police can't make me pay Pastor White $50. He's out of place. He can't make me pay Pastor White $50. He may try to frighten me for me to take $50 out of my pocket and give Pastor White. He need to tell Pastor White, you need to take him down to the court and, let, and sue him. Well, police can't make me pay Pastor White for that. Sometimes they operate outside of the law. Understand what I'm saying? But when they are operating within the law, guess what? Police come, he say, I got a warrant for your arrest. I ain't doing nothing. But he has a warrant for my arrest. Although I didn't do anything, what am I supposed to do? I got to go with him. Because he has a warrant for my arrest. If he come to me today and he say, you arrested, I say, for what? For what? What am I arrested for? And he can't tell me what I arrested for? Me going. He's not operating within the law. When you operate within the law, the law is behind you. So watch, guys. When you are operating based on the word of God, the word of God is behind you. But when you are operating outside of the word of God, don't use this. Don't use this. You see, if you are doing what God says that you should do, you must love your wife like Christ loved the church, then it is okay for you to say to your wife, wives, submit yourself unto your own husbands. 
So it's used. Spiritual abuse. Let me give you another one. One or two more. First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 4 and verse number 5. Watch this. Spiritual abuse. The wife had no power over her body. Hello? Hello? Anybody home? Here's the man speaking now. He says, the wife had no power over her body but the husband. So you, whether you're sick, you're well, whatever, however you feel, watch. That's what the scripture says. You're wrong. And she says to him, the husband doesn't have any power over his body but the wife. How we use these things sometimes to fit us. Let me give you another one. Look at verse 5. Defraud ye not one. Come on, come on. You didn't know that was a good thing? Come on, come on. So here's the husband now. He's saying, hey, defraud ye not one to the other, except it be with consent for a time that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again, that Satan tip you not for your incontinence. You can't say no. Because it now fits. And people use these things. Pretending to be spiritual. In the form of abuse. Spiritual abuse. Comes in the form of denying a person the freedom to practice the religion of their choice. Hello? I am a Baptist, and because I am a Baptist, you are going to be a Baptist. Well, let me ask something. What she was when you got married to her? Hello. Anybody home? What she was when you got married to her? Don't you know that the scripture said that we are not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers? Don't you know that? Don't you know that? Okay, pastor, when I got married to her, she was a Pentecostal. It was okay then? Was it okay then for you to marry a Pentecostal? Now, pastor, I am her husband. She has to do what I say. She has to come over here and be with me. Who tell you that? Who tell you that? So she agrees. She comes over here, and she goes along with you, and there's an old saying that says, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. So she comes over here with you, and, and all of a sudden things are not done the way that she accustomed of seeing things done, enjoying things done, and here it is, she comes with you every week, but she is miserable. Oh, you are Baptist here, Seventh-day Adventist. Now that you're married to this Seventh-day Adventist, you've got to go to church every day on Saturday and you're just sitting in the congregation and saying, I can't understand what you're saying. But you've got to do it because you're married to this man. Wow. And it comes in the form where we force someone or others to violate his or her beliefs. It comes in the form of making one feel guilty religiously for not doing what he or she wants them to do. Married, but miserable. 
It is said and it is true. A man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. So why is it that those who on the inside, four out of every five men want to get out? And why is it that those who are on the outside won't stop and pay attention to the fact that the boards here want to get out? These are some of the things that are going on in the homes today that have people miserable. You may not stop and pay attention to it, but it is true. These are some of the things that's going on today that day by day, some of them wake up in the night And listen carefully. I hear that. Hear that I speak. <laughs> you wonder what I told her, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's still alive. Help us, Lord. And let's be honest. Folks, come on, folks. Come, on. Folks, let's be honest. What is causing all of that? It is the attitude of the couple. That's what's causing it. The attitude. You know, I said a long time ago. Let me say this carefully. I said a long time ago, Pastor White, I can live with the devil, you know. So long as I know that that's the devil, I can live with the devil. You think that I could get a devil to be like me? Hello, hello. And sometimes that's the problem that we have. Our problem is that we believe that we are so right, that we got things all so right, that the other person must be like me. I want you to change and be like me. Who tell you you're right? Here's what we need to do. We need to change and be like Christ. When we make up our minds to change and be like Christ, when you check him and you don't hear nothing, there's not a crying God. The next one that you get will meet you like Christ. Hello? Boy. <laughs> Get those Ben Nika <laughs> Why is it that people are in marriage today and they're miserable? Many times, and if you are a Christian, you cannot say, I, I have, 
have proven this over the years. You cannot say that God did not give you some sign before you got married. You can't say it. You cannot say it. You cannot say it. You cannot say it. You cannot say that you and your father had a relationship and he did not show you that you shouldn't do that. You cannot say it. You cannot say it. You'd be lying on my father. Because God always shows his children, don't do that. And they turn a blind eye to God and then does what they want to do. And then find out later on, they should not have done what they did. Folks, it may not be you, but my heart is so burdened this morning of people who honestly wants to live for God. And they are so miserable in the relationship where they are. And you know the bad part about it? They come among us. They sit with us. And we don't even find out how So they are buried in their misery. And nobody to help them out. Why? Because it's not me, not you. Does it happen? Yes, it does happen. Truth of the matter is, it is presently happening. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the only person that can help you through any misery that you're going through is God. Regardless of what you are going through in life, you can give it to the Lord. When you give it to him, he will take it from you, and you will have no worry about it, absolutely. He will help you through all of this. If you're here today, and you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, don't you think that you are not a child of God because you're going through some misery? Don't think so. Don't think so. But one thing I do know is that the misery that you are going through, God is willing to go through it with you. If you would allow it. If you don't know him, this would be a good time to trust him. Ask him to come into your heart. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. Ask him to save you for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Ask him to save you. He says, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Come to him. He will save you. If you're going through these miserable times, Bring it to him. Give it to Jesus. I guarantee you, he will see you.